Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Saki. And welcome to another edition of the Final Inspection Show. Yes, I am Steve Zotke, and joining us through the uh, miracle of uh, technology, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe. I'm Jeff, how are you doing, sir? Oh, fantastic. Uh, still alive. No corona for me, Steve. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Mayor Mitch joining us, running the board at the studio, as uh, Jeff and I are broadcasting remotely with a neat little app that we have on our iPhones that plugs us right into the board. So neat stuff. And we can still uh, talk on, uh, on the phone to our friends. We'll be doing that this uh, this show We'll, of course, talk with uh, Dennis Michelson from uh, Front Stretch Sports and D-Mike Media. We'll get caught up on all the ugly things that happened this week in the world of NASCAR. And uh, a special treat for me in the second hour, I'll be talking with Dr. Steve Olvey, who is probably the pine, one of the pioneers in racing history. If you can have a Mount Rushmore of racing safety, I should say, um... You know, you might want to put, of course, like somebody like Bill Simpson, of course, who was a former driver and did so much in the world of, of, of safety. But then there's also um, uh, talk like somebody like Jackie Stewart, former uh, Formula One driver and ch- world champion, and and he did so much uh, for a tr- on behalf of the drivers. Was kind of like the voice of the drivers in Formula One, where basically. Uh, if you were a Formula One driver in 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 the 1960s, you had a one in uh, one in five chance of getting killed, and just just mind blowing uh, stat. So you probably would put him on there, and I think uh, Dr. Steve Olvey would go on there because he was so instrumental in pushing uh, racing safety in the United States to the next level. And uh, we're going to talk with him. He wrote a book called Rapid Response. Uh, which is probably almost 10 years ago, um, and and just kind of wa- walked us through the, you know, the, when he started in the early 70s to where uh, IndyCar safety was and where it progressed to is, is just, just for me, somebody who's always been interested in the safety side of it and actually had an opportunity to work on that side for a bit, always, always kind of cool for me. Um, and then, uh, of course, we'll talk to Larry Janicek. We'll play three questions with Larry, and uh, just looking forward to it. So, Jeff Orlowski, yes, anything happened this week in the world of NASCAR that I might have missed? <laughs> you know, you think that when the season is delayed how it is, and there's nothing going on, no actual racing, and all that kind of stuff that, you know, it would just kind of fly under the radar. And uh, thanks to uh, iRacing these last couple weeks, NASCAR has done anything but go under the radar. You know, two weeks ago you had the Bubba Wallace rage quit the, the race at Bristol because him and Clint Boyer got into it. And he loses a sponsor in real life, which is absolutely ridiculous. 
And then this week, Kyle Larson putting his whole, uh, not even his foot, his whole leg in his mouth, uh, dropping the N-bomb during a, uh, not a NASCAR uh, iRacing, but some other different uh, version of iRacing. And uh, and obviously that was the uh, the story of the week. And uh, you know it uh, it's crazy. Kyle Larson, uh, you know, so he got suspended by uh, Chip Ganassi Racing, got suspended by NASCAR, and then ended up getting released uh, from Chip Ganassi after all his sponsors uh, were were pulling out. Um, and weren't going to back him anymore. You know, it's it's weird that a Japanese American would use that word. Um, you know, you have one of the other, like, quote, unquote, one of the only two, you know, real minorities in the sport using that word uh, against another group of minorities. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, here's the deal. Uh, okay, you, you you heard the story like, oh boy, uh, and, and, and you think you know, I, I admit I'm a Kyle Larson fan. You're thinking, well, did he maybe say it with the A on the end? Is there, you're trying to justify it? Was it stupid? You know, this is a stupid thing. There's no justification for it. But you're like, you know, and then I heard it. I'm thinking, yeah, there there's no way you can do. If if you're, there's no way to say, well, he meant to say this. He meant, I mean, it's just out there. It's like it's ugly. It's it's embarrassing. Whatever you want to put on it, and it, it's bad. And it's like, hmm, you know, I thought it was yeah. interesting that that. I I now if I recall, I think Bubba Wallace actually heard it live and called okay. him. Like, okay. and they they had a kind of heart to heart talk, and Bubba didn't didn't give him a pass on it, but said, dude, you know, what are you doing? And, it, you know, this is going to get ugly for you. And you could tell you knew right away, like, oh, boy, you know. I mean, yeah. we know, yeah. uh, be, us being on the radio, that's basically a career ender. If you or I did it or Sparky or anybody else would do it, I mean, yeah, you, you can't do that in the world of radio, entertainment. There's a certain uh, buddy of mine. He's got the three keys to success. And the three keys to, to success, especially regarding to social media, he says you don't say the N-word, you don't say the C-word, and you don't com- compare anybody to Nazis. That's my buddy Ralph who, who told me that earlier this week. And, you know, basically you follow those three uh, th- three words, pearls of wisdom, you know, you're, you're probably going to go far in this world. Yeah, I, you know, I think Bubba Wallace's uh, reaction was uh, was fantastic. You know, he um, I, I read the the article about his reaction to it, and he said right after uh, Larson said it, Larson called him. Uh, he didn't answer. He texted him. He didn't answer. Said Larson called him the next morning, and and Bubba picked up the phone and you know, basically told him, you know, there's no excuse and uh, for using that word and that, um, you know, it, there's obviously no uh, no one to blame but yourself. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a problem how easy it was for him to say that word. Uh, but then on the flip side, you know, Bubba did come to his defense a little bit and said, you know, while there's no defense for it and all that, his apology was sincere. His apology, uh, you know, was heartfelt and everything like that. And you can tell that, that he meant it and he felt horrible about what he had said. Then Bubba also went on to complain about the reaction that main mainstream media was giving this and that, uh, a lot of people were just saying, oh, well, you know, that's just NASCAR. That's typical NASCAR. When NASCAR has made a huge investment in the drive to diversity and trying to get more minorities into uh, being on these guys' pit crews and 
working in the garage and, uh, you know, get developmental drivers and stuff trying to work their way through the ranks. You know, NASCAR has taken a good step to come out of the shadow of, you know, South being a sport for the South and Jim Bob Hillbilly with no teeth, uh, you know, are all the fans watching NASCAR. And that uh, a situation like this, kind, you know, it definitely ruins most of the goodwill that NASCAR has been trying to build and has been successful at. And you have Kyle Larson who worked his way through the the drive to diversity, and he was the one who said it. So it uh, it's a horrible situation all the way around. I also found it interesting that the day after uh, he said it as well, uh, Willie T. Ribs, who you had that fantastic interview a few weeks ago on this station and uh, on this fantastic program, uh, called. he reached out to Kyle Larson, and obviously, you know, he was the first African-American to ever drive the uh, Indy 500. And, uh, if you watched Uppity and, um, and know the story, you know the amount of racism that Willie T. Ribs had to deal with. But on the flip side of that, Willie T. Ribs is also a guy that has put his foot in his mouth many times over. And uh, and he said the same thing. You know, there's no no reason why, uh, why that word should have been said. And, um, you know, there's no excuse for it. There's nobody to blame but, but himself. However, this shouldn't cost him his career. It shouldn't cost him his livelihood he should have a second chance uh he's got to prove himself and and work hard in the community and and uh in the black community and reach out and and show that that's not who he is as a person to try to change his image i think a lot of the people especially around here that you know completely want to bury him and all that and, you know, oh, yeah, he should never race again and all that kind of stuff. A lot of the people, especially in the Milwaukee area, being Brewers fans, you were a lot quicker to forgive Josh Hader than um, they seem willing to do with Kyle Larson. And obviously the Kyle Larson thing is fresh. It just happened a few days ago. So the the time hasn't gone by. And there's no one except really Bubba Wallace in the sport who is a black man who could sit there and kind of vouch for Kyle Larson the way that Lorenzo Cain did for Josh Hader, where he put his arm around him and said, you know, hey, this guy is, is not a racist. He's not a horrible person. He just said some really stupid things when he was young. Um you know, something like that is going to have to happen for for this to blow over. That being said, I don't expect Kyle Larson to be a free agent. I don't expect him to not be driving in the Cup Series next season. Do you? Boy, that's an interesting question because I, I, we'll, we'll, we're going to talk to Dennis uh, Michelson coming up next in, in the next segment here, and I want to ask him that question because – you wonder, I, I think he could. I, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, there right, right now, everything is coronavirus. Turn on the news, what is it? Coronavirus or everything associated with it. Hey, look at this. This this this, this lady in, in her base is make, making masks. Okay, let's, everybody send a camera crew over there. So everything is geared to that. I think there's going to be such, call it a media flush or whatever once we start getting back going once we get sports going again and plus don't forget there's all the all the stories regarding when sports come back and we're, we'll talk to Dennis about this are we going to be racing in front of uh, empty stands how is it going to look for, regarding you know, whether it's baseball auto racing you name it and uh, it, it's going to be I, I, I think there, there's going to be so much news out there that will it be pushed aside? I mean, just think how quickly this news cycle is going. We just had an, a president was impeached a month and a half ago. When was the last time you heard about that? 
Yeah, you have them. Right, because there's so much happening now. So, you know, I'm not trying to downplay what he said because it's out there and it's ugly. Uh, I think uh, I wanted to kind of mention, you mentioned Willie T. And uh, he had a couple of different quotes here. Um, he goes, I just wanted to support him, find out what he's thinking. And it was a good talk. And he had like, like what you said, he says, I told him it wasn't the end of his career, but just a setback. Um, he says... I felt for the kid because you tell you could tell it wasn't made with malice, and I don't believe he's a racist, or I wouldn't have called him. Uh, I told him nobody in racing understands the N-word more than I do, and I think it's the first time he's laughed in three days. But there's the GA v- version, and there's the deal-breaker version, and it was obvious which version it was. Uh, and this is an interesting point he brings up. He gets, I get that the millennial, the millennials use it uh, a lot now uh, nowadays as a term of endearment and it's slang, but Kyle knows he shouldn't have said it and doubt if he ever does again. And I know somebody like me who's older understands, you know, it was used back when I was a kid in malice. And I think we all, anybody who's my age, you know, Tim Allen's age and, 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 you know, uh, uh, you know, are older, like the, you know, the word, the kid in the seventies and eighties, we all knew that racist dad. Everybody had a friend who had the racist dad, and maybe in when in with, with you who was ten years younger than me, probably had that too. But I think we all knew the racist dad, and who would drop that, and it was it was embarrassing, it was ugly, and you know, so it's it's it, 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 it's an interesting it's an interesting conversation. It's an ugly conversation added too. Um, I, I, I like what Willie said about this and you, you, if you watch his documentary, you, you understand he's, he's, he's had skin in the game. So I take, I take what he says a little bit more than some little NASCAR writer who's 27 years old, who went to college and has been covering the sport for five years and has oh, never, absolutely, and, and, really. and it hasn't been to in NASCAR when they per the the barriers they put in, in front of not only Willie but also somebody like Janet Guthrie. I mean, you see what Janet Guthrie did and how Darlington treated her the first time she went to Darlington. Oh my God, it's embarrassing. I mean, I, I was you know so embarrassed for the sport to see how they treated her the first time she went to Darlington. It's it's awful, you know. So. Um, yeah, it, it, it's it's an ugly situation, but uh, that's a good point. I'm kind of curious. Let's see where where is he going to end up. I mean, in a weird thing, could this be? I don't want to. Could this be? Could end up in a better ride from this? Who knows? I mean, this is a guy who's going to be a free agent. Well, now he's a free agent. So where does he land? We know that Tony Stewart said, "Hey, I'll bring him on my team." So let's see what let the. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Dennis Michelson and uh, see what he says on this on the subject of not only Kyle Larson, but uh, the, the the world of NASCAR at this moment, and when are we going to see racing again? Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Final Inspection. Final Inspection. Now. Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Of course, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. And uh, we got an update from our friends at Great Lakes Dragway. And of course, Governor Evers had extended the order to close through May 26th. Uh, they're going to actually review the orders and hopefully you'll be able to answer their questions next, uh, probably hopefully Monday or Tuesday. And they're going to see if they can open up maybe a little bit earlier. Uh, now when, when the governors in that, you know, issued this extension, that's not like, it's not written in stone. It's not like, well, geez, we'd like to open up May 10th, but geez, we already said, uh, we extended the order to May 6th. I mean, that can be moved back. If, if need be, if, if things are progressing as they should. So hopefully I think that's what they're thinking of. Because uh, if you notice, uh, Dennis, feel free to join us here. Because I think Illinois is through May 10th or something. Is that right? For Illinois yeah, being shut down? Yeah, I believe that's the case now. 
it, it, it's hard to figure it out because I think the governors uh, around the country are spinning a big prize wheel to determine what the date is because the dates don't have anything to do with science or they don't have anything to do with, you know, anything logical. It's just these, hey, we're going to extend it out to a certain date. But there's so many changes that are happening over this coronavirus with all the studies that are coming out from Stanford University and from over in Italy and Germany and Colorado that are are changing the way a lot of scientists are looking at the lethality of this this virus. Don't don't get me wrong. It's not like it's a hoax, not like it's some kind of a, you know, ploy to get the, the mean orange man out of office. It's real. But the more we understand, like a, a week, we do like three, we gain three weeks or three months of knowledge every week when it comes to this craziness. If you look back at how much has changed in the last month. So I, I don't understand why they can't go back to having cars go down the track while social distancing in the pits and making sure that there's no fans or limited fans or whatever. I just... I would think something between all or nothing would certainly be possible with a facility like Great Lakes Dragaway that's not a small facility. Right. And and you look, you know, and and you you know, I you look at I think was it Virginia or Maryland one of those moved it out to like June 10th. It's like what are you doing? We don't know oh, yeah. what's going to happen yeah. in two weeks. And I think that that's where the criticism from Evers is, okay, May 26th, well, why don't we just do like two-week increments? Because then we can kind of gauge it better. But like I said, you know, it's May 26th. It's, it's, it's something they can walk back if they need to. So, And I think that's what uh, Great Lakes is kind of waiting on. They're going to take a look. Because um, there's there's restaurants. Uh, our, our, there's a friend of ours, uh, John Degnitz, who... Rocky Rococo's, and he's opening up for carryout only oh, yeah. in a couple of weeks. So there's, you know, there, there's. I got a cousin that owns a, a, a restaurant in in New Berlin, and she, she's, you know, been struggling because for her the carryout wasn't really paying off. So I mean, it's great that, and I, I know I've been doing it. I know friends have been doing it. You're trying to help these restaurants by ordering carryout, you know, maybe two, three times a week. To, you know, help out the the local. We have a local uh, cafe here in Big Bend. We've been trying to, you know, we order breakfast a couple times a week from, and there's also a restaurant down the street that makes the best salads. I know, and people are shocked at Omi, like, oh my god, I hate salads, but I've just been, I've been on this keto diet, and the the salads, I don't know, it's it's changed something in my chemistry, I think. <laughs> It, for me to eat salads is, there you is go. Jeff, Jeff probably already dropped his phone and is grabbing his chest right now. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's I'm weird. Shocked, uh, to hear those words come out of your mouth. Uh, but, yeah. you know, like you, uh, I'm a uh, larger man, and uh, I, I love salad. And uh, I could eat, you know, a romaine salad every day of the week and uh, never get sick of it. So, you know, the just the, the stuff you put in it, change it up uh, a little every now and then and uh, you got a whole new combo yeah hey you put a quarter pound of chicken some cheese and about a pound of croutons on and all of a sudden that salad's looking pretty darn good or i sometimes build my salad on top of this thing called a double cheeseburger it all works man (laughs) (laughs) yeah i used to do that now uh now, not so much. I can't do the croutons anymore, but, uh, you know, it, uh, you throw some meat in there, some green onions, cucumbers, and broccoli, and anything else you got laying around, and uh, and it, it works. And then, you, you you know, or you can sit there and make a huge salad, and you leave the uh, some extra vegetables, and then uh, the next morning, make yourself a nice delicious omelet so it all uh it all works out it, it, it's kind of amazing that we don't worry about romaine lettuce anymore yeah that went away real quick yeah yeah that's true <laughs> yeah yeah remember that yeah that was a big thing i think uh but uh let's get back to uh nascar and i guess the question everybody and a lot of fans are asking dennis 
Are we going to see Kyle Larson in a Cup Series car next year? Oh, gosh. I hope so. I really hope so. And here, here's the thing about Kyle Larson. It might take might surprise some people. But, I, yes, he should have been suspended. What, he's, what he did and said was not only dumb, but it was stupid. And it, it has no place. That word should not be used by anybody. And I don't care if there's a double standard with rappers using it, and other people using it, and all that kind of stuff. I don't care there's a double standard. There's double standards in everything in life. But we know, and, and Steve, you were right. Any of us who grew up in the 70s knows that that word is something that you never mess with. You never say it. And, and it, the amazing thing is you saw so many. I saw thousands and thousands of people defending Kyle Larson on social media, but I only saw like one or two real idiots that spelled the word out. So even the thousands of people that were defending him vigorously would not spell the word out because they knew how nasty it was. But can we just have something between all or nothing just once? Like this cancel culture concept where somebody screws up one time and they could have done 150,000 things right. They screw up one time and they're ostracized and they're eliminated from the herd and they're just the worst person under the earth and their sponsors cancel and all this stuff. I got news for them. McDonald's, who was very quick to cancel, is in the middle of fighting a lawsuit against executives of theirs who claimed racial discrimination in demotions. McDonald's is also in a lawsuit for pulling media from minority-aimed radio station clientele, pulling their advertising back because they're trying to advertise less to the minority community than they used to in the past. McDonald's has had all kinds of discrimination suits all around the world, including down in Brazil. So their house is not clean either. Chevrolet, which pulled the uh, advertising from and banned him from their cars, you know, we're not going to support this guy. A couple of years ago, until it came to light in the news, there were discrimination things going on at different manufacturing plants around the country, including Toledo, where nooses were being held up in the break room. Nothing was done, despite many complaints all the way up the chain of command. Nothing was done by General Motors until it hit the press. So uh, did we call for a boycott? And never going back to McDonald's again because they discriminated against black executives and all these other things that they're doing that they've been accused of and they've got lawsuits pending on? Did we pull all of our support from Chevrolet because they were turning a black, you know, they were turning their heads to what was going on in their own manufacturing plants that was just hideous and ridiculous and hurtful? No, we just said, clean up your act. Why not a suspension for Kyle Larson and a good one? Maybe six months worth of not racing or something. Maybe you don't race the rest of the season. But, Kyle, we want to work with you to make sure that you don't do this again and we give you a second chance. None of that is being said, and that's what really ticks me off. Kyle Larson's not a bad kid. He's just a rambunctious kid who got himself in some hot water because of something he said to a friend of his that he didn't think was going to get out publicly, that, yes, he probably does with that friend every time they're together. But there needs to be something between all or nothing, because we don't have death penalties for parking violations either. Yeah, I agree with you, Dennis. The the problem with uh, that Kyle Larson is going to run into is it is going to take one of those companies, because NASCAR is so sponsor-dependent, to step up and say, yes, we know you know, what he said is dumb and all that, but we still support him. And I just don't know if a company is going to, to do that. I think, Steve, you made a fantastic point in the last segment 
that once the country opens back up and sporting events open back up, the news that is going to be coming out, you know, you're going to have training camps started, baseball's going to get going, basketball is going to figure out what they're doing. You know, I think there's a good chance that, for the most part, it kind of blows over. But going into Daytona next year, you know, say Kyle Larson's in the 10 car, which is where I expect him to uh, to end up and run next year uh, for Stuart Haas, you know, the, the story's going to come back up. And the companies are scared of the blowback. Yeah, I agree. Let the... Let's take a quick break. We'll return with the Dennis Michelson. And we have some breaking news in the world of racing. I will tell you guys about that coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and, of course, David Hobbs Honda. Show Steve Zotke along with the Polish Pipe Bomb, Jeff Roloski, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. From D Mike Media and FrontStretch.com, it is Dennis Michelson. And we have uh, some breaking news here off of Twitter from the uh, Twitter account of Drunken Brian France. And it reads <laughs> <clears throat> Brian France was not and never has been associated, affiliated, or in any way involved with this Twitter account or any of the content generated and or posted by it. I will be permanently deactivating and deleting this account. I understand this account has harmed Brian France and his family in many ways never intended. And for that, I am sorry. Wow. Sometimes, sometimes That's horrible. Brian France, how weak. You know, it came out that he was going to sue that guy because of uh, quote-unquote damage to his reputation and that uh, he thought people would uh, confuse the parody account with his actual account. And uh, just what a joke. And it's sad that it's come to that. If you don't know that drunken Brian France isn't the real Brian France, you've got a serious problem. Um and it's probably a good description of Brian France to begin with. So, yep. you know, it's that's just it's brutal. That is brutal. You know, it, it, it's you really. I mean, I mean, he's he's <clears throat> quote unquote he won, but Dennis has he really won? Well, he he won because he he threw his big lawyer money around to shut somebody up. I'm just worried what this does to other accounts that we find, you know, near and dear to our hearts. Will will we see a union of warning cones at the racetracks form a union and come down against the orange cone Twitter account? Will we see Mike Helton's mustache suddenly suing to uh, get rid of Mike Helton's mustache account because we don't want to be confused that it's the actual mustache that is tweeting things. This is ridiculous. This is this is a case of somebody who lost their nerve and should have battled this to the end to defend the First Amendment over parody humor. I just I don't get it. If if, if uh, Blazing Saddles was made nowadays. Um, and all, any Mel Brooks movie would would uh, the descendants of Adolf Hitler be complaining about the parody, you know, that he was badly, you know, portrayed in a Mel Brooks movie? How stupid can we get? The guy took drugs and was drinking and was driving on more than one occasion, but just happened to do it away from Florida, where he had the protection of the police, and got busted. And this is ridiculous. He's, if anybody's an embarrassment to Brian France, Brian France is an embarrassment to himself. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it is. It, it's, it's, yeah, okay, you won, but you basically proved yourself to be, you know, I mean, yeah, he won, but he hasn't won. You know, and now he's going to slink off and, 
hopefully everybody's going to forget him or maybe not forget him, but remember him for how he almost sunk NASCAR. Yeah, his reputation yeah, is in tatters, and this does nothing to uh, to help rehabilitate his uh, his reputation at all. The fact, you know, one of the great things about NASCAR is that it's a blue-collar sport for real people. You go at, to any NASCAR race, you're sitting with, you know, 30,000, 40,000 of your neighbors, people that wake up, lunch pail, you know, work boots, hard hat, all that kind of stuff, just like you and me. And it's not, you know, when you go to a Packer game and you see the, the corporate sponsors and, you know, stuff like that sitting in these, these glorious boots. And obviously they have that at NASCAR races as well, but for the most part, the fan base is real people. And for him to use his enormous wealth to go after this guy is just absolutely ridiculous. So I agree. While technically he won, there's no way in hell that in the long run he wins because of this. No, it shows him to be, you know, just how petty he is. Pardon the pun. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's sad, but, but not surprising. No. So, next up, Dennis, when are we going to see racing? Oh, man. Um, I actually think it's going to be sooner rather than later, but it's going to be a while till the fans come back. I really think we're going to see some of the southern states allow NASCAR racing on their grounds without fans, and they can get away with that being a good solution because they make so much money off the TV rights that they'll do fine. And especially if they're the only sport, they're the only real sport going that is able to come back like that and race on the weekends, their ratings will be enormous. And they will possibly pick up some new fans. Because I I saw a meme the other day that was absolutely hilarious, and I think you may have been the one that shared it. You know, the, the idea that, you know, sports fans in America are so bored, they'll watch European uh, soccer now. You know, it's just that's about how bad it's gotten to the point. I was watching a game of team handball last night. Okay, I'm I'm starved for sports to to the extreme. But um, I, I really think I, I don't think it's going to be until like the next to last week in the month of May. And I actually wouldn't be surprised to see them open up at Homestead, Miami, then race maybe at Atlanta. I don't believe they're going to get permission to race in Charlotte for a while yet. So I think that race might have to be postponed and and moved back. But I think we're going to see a return, not to normal, but to a new weird normal um, within maybe third week of third weekend in May is my guess right now. See, if I had to guess, I would kind of say earlier. And the reason why I said it, and I was on uh, the Bart Winkler morning show yesterday, uh, obviously Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 here on the fan. And he asked me that if NASCAR came back and was the only sport going, would they really attract more fans? And my answer is yes, absolutely. Because A, it would be the only game in town right now and be because of gambling and you get eyeballs on sport people you will generate new fans it's a it would be a fantastic way for them to sit there and try to save their next tv deal that we all agree nascar is going to get the legs cut out from underneath them uh you know if they don't do this i think that once the numbers come back on the ratings for the NFL draft that's coming up next week. And when people see how just amazingly through the roof a draft is, not even a game, just a bunch of names being read from Roger Goodell's basement, (laughs) and they see the enormous ratings that that three-day made-for-television event is going to draw, 
I think a lot of these sports are going to be scrambling to get the doors open and get them open now because they realize that they are, you know, there could be just an amazing, huge cash cow waiting for them if they're the first ones to get back at it. Uh, this this draft next week is going to be huge, and just uh, our listeners know that our our show is going to be preempted uh, because of the draft next week Saturday, and and it it is going to be I think a lot of the other sports are going to go. You mean it's April and we're getting our clocks cleaned by the NFL? And speaking of. <laughs> Major League Baseball and basketball and some of the others is like you know, let's face it, the NFL is 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 the you know thousand pound gorilla in the room, and they're you know it, it's amazing how the NFL's number one, and they it just 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 by chance as of right now the way things are working out, they're working out their season perfectly. Their season ended just before this happens. You got all this chaos happening. And by the time we finally get back to hopefully normalcy, guess what starts up again? The NFL. So I mean, it, you know, if if you're, if you're uh, you know, the commissioners of, of basketball and baseball, you're like just scratching your head, like I can't believe their luck at this point. Well, absolutely, and I, I would imagine that the ratings for the draft this year are going to be three to four times higher than normal at the bare minimum. Because everybody, like you said, Dennis, you know, people are watching soccer, which, you know, thank God I haven't gotten to that point yet, uh, you know, but it is it is bad. You've got, uh, you know, Ryan Horvat and Bart Winkler were talking about betting on Russian table tennis because there's <laughs> nothing else to gamble on. And. You know, if you sit there and if NASCAR can run, which they should have been running this entire time, because you, you want to talk about a sport with social distancing, you know, if the stands are clear, you get a third of the teams that pit on pit road or a quarter of the teams pit on pit road, a quarter in parking lot A, a quarter in the garage, a quarter in parking lot C, change the rules where pit times don't matter. And you can run it. And they could have been IndyCar as well, running this entire time, been the only thing going, and the popularity and the viewership would have soared. Yep, it is interesting. Any final thoughts, uh, Dennis? Well, I I just... um... It is going to be interesting to see how many people tune into the draft versus usual. Um, If those numbers are way up, I didn't see the numbers on the NBA horse thing. I didn't watch it. Um, But, you know, you're right. The first sport back, and it's likely to be racing. Heck, we saw Bill Bader Jr. out at Norwalk um, in Ohio say that he's not going to listen to the governor, and he's going to hold some drag racing events, um, how he's going to do it, who knows, but uh, he's going to, you know, do all the social distancing and all the right things. But I think people are going to get very restless here over the next couple of weeks. We're already seeing protests in Michigan, Wisconsin. uh, He has one coming up. Minnesota already had one, Florida, California. We're going to start seeing people getting a little stir crazy. Um, They will only tolerate non-normal life for so long in this country. But first sport back is going to win, and it's likely to be NASCAR. Don't mess with a Wisconsinite from their ability to drink alcoholic beverages in a social setting. That's all I can say. Especially when the weather is nice. I, when the weather, when you when you get that first 75, 80 degree day in Wisconsin, all bets are off when it comes to the social distancing, in my opinion, but that's just me. <laughs> so true. All right, Dennis, thank you so much. Uh, appreciate everything. D-Mike Media, tell us what's going on. Well, we're going to be rolling out the new uh, Shoot for Success podcast on hockey soon. We're going to be rolling out our uh, Wide World of Motorsports podcast here very soon. And also, during the draft, go to fakepigskin.com, and we're going to be live broadcasting. We're going to be live streaming 
during that event, all the uh, favorite riders of yours over at Big, Big Skin, including myself, will be having instant commentary on who goes where and their impact in fantasy football. And we're going to be doing that live during the NFL draft this year. Okay, Dennis, do you have here? a GoFundMe set up for when you get sued by uh, the Pigskin uh, Association because the fake Pigskin could actually get... Uh, oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, I hope me, that you uh, GoFundMe yeah, ready. I got to so go. I got to go. My, yeah, my lawyer is calling on the other line. Um, sorry, guys. <laughs> that, was, that was Dennis Michelson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. As your passion outgrown your home, a Great Midwest Bank renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Coming up next, Jeff and I talk about what Roger Penske said about the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And then after the top of the hour, we're going to talk with Dr. Steve Olvey, IndyCar Safety, and more. Coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, Steve Zotke, along with Post Pipe, I'm Jeff Orlowski. And uh, Jeff, things are going to start opening up this summer, of course. I think maybe possibly sooner uh, than some people may think. Uh, of course, it'll be different. I, you know, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be off and then totally on. But hopefully by August, uh, we're going to be seeing things just really start to pick up. And uh, Roger Penske expects to have the full pageantry and everything with the Indianapolis 500 for August 23rd, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And uh, and I hope it works out, and I hope that uh, it's successful, not only for uh, IndyCar, and, but, you know, for America. The Indy 500 is an American tradition, and yes, it's not on Memorial Day this year for the first time ever on Memorial Day weekend, but... Uh, you know, it uh, it is going to take place, and the the sports world needs it. IndyCar needs it. The state of Indiana needs needs it. We all need it, and uh, and I hope that uh, that it works out. I hope they they sell out and pack that place, and everybody uh, everybody has a great time. Yeah, it should be interesting. I, I got a kick out of this. Uh, uh, they, they go. You know, do do you have any regrets on buying the, you know, on your timing of buying the Speedway? He says no, and you know, it's Penske. You know, everything he has is a, you know, kind of a five-year plan, anyways. And this is just a, you're going to deal with this. Uh, he did say though, the governor of Indiana, the mayor of Indianapolis, the town of Speedway has reached out for me from the beginning. We're operating as a team, and we're going to get through this. And if you think of anybody who can get through anything, and the guy is. The guy knows everybody. Is it, it is Roger Penske, isn't it? And I certainly yeah. think that it'll be interesting to see. Now there are a couple minor components that have been canceled. Like there's a vintage IndyCar um, group. Uh, they always invite a lot of about 50 vintage IndyCars uh, to participate in a variety of events that weekend, and that's been canceled. And you know, and that's because of it, it's they have so many moving parts. And I think that is, you want to start, like, you work from the bottom in that. And, of course, you know, some of the guys are probably listening. Oh, no, we're integral part. Well, yeah, but there's other things, too. And when you're working, when you're doing an event like this, there's obviously a lot of things you, you have to do. Now, granted, now, let's also remember that I'm trying to remember what the term is. But the Indy 500 is a uh, you know it's that ultra security it's it's on par with the super bowl any political convention they have everything from homeland security involved there the bomb sniffing dogs they have sharpshooters a lot of people don't realize that everything they have people that are in place for that it's treated on par cuz you have over 250 300,000 people there it, it's a big event so and there's a lot of moving parts, and uh, you know, unfortunately, 
minor smaller parts might have to be cut out and that that's that's one of them so but they they hopefully will be back next year and i'm looking forward to that weekend because uh like i said i mean we're we're getting through this now but as the weather gets warmer jeff i'm sure you're like me you're kind of itching to get out you know and and you know it, it's i'm 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 i think i'm managing it well i'm working from home of my other job and i'm getting a lot of stuff done around the house <laughs> so yeah, i hear uh, you i i am as well and uh you know there might be some changes uh to the whole indy 500 weekend being in august but i don't expect many i think that uh by then you know things should be pretty much doors wide open again and we better hope so because we've seen in uh, what the last month or however long it's been, you know, 22 million people are out of work and uh, you know, that's got to change and we're going to have to get back to normal. And do I expect the, uh, like the snake pit and that, you know, uh, techno fest that they've got down there for all the young kids during uh, race weekend to go on absolutely because those are going to be the first people that uh aren't going to be scared to get back at it and you know while you have uh you might be the average age i would imagine of sporting events this year is going to go down like crazy because i think the young the younger people will be the first people to sit there and uh and really get back to 100% of their normal lives the way that they were before this virus hit than some of the the older crowd who is still going to be concerned over, you know, being the most vulnerable. Um, so I would imagine that the crowd would be younger, but I, I think it's still going to be a, a, a huge draw, and I expect those stands to be packed. It's going to be interesting. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here as we're getting at the top of the hour. When we come back, we're going to talk with Dr. Steve Olvey and his, regarding his book, Rapid Response, and also the documentary. Also, uh, coming up next on The Final Inspection Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 